I finished, and this is going to tie right into what we're doing today. It's, we're talking again about our mistakes and things that we're dealing with, but um, I realized something is, it, for those of you that are new today or maybe you've not been here over the last few weeks, I ran a half marathon yesterday. It's my first one. I've been training for about 12 weeks for it, and it was a funny thing that when I hit about mile nine, and it's funny that one of my church family happened to see me at mile nine and said, you didn't look very happy. <laughs> and it was at mile nine that I started to, started to uh, fade. Fade's a good way to put it. Um, by mile 10, I was really hurting. By mile 11, I picked up my, my youngest daughter and she ran with me the last two miles. It's where I saw some people, other people from church, and just gave me great encouragement and but I realized some of the people that I'd been running with, you run in kind of in groups. You don't mean to, but you run in groups. And my group started to leave me about mile nine. It was kind of sad. I thought they liked me. I thought we were a team. But I trained to finish, not trained to finish strong. I literally had never ran that full distance. I'd ran 12 and a half leading up to running the 13.1 the day of the race. But these that I was running with had trained to finish strong. And it's not that I fell short. It's not that I made any mistakes. I didn't. I just wasn't trained like them. I was trained to finish, and I finished. My goal was to finish, and I finished. But as I saw these people run by me, it really spoke to me spoke to my heart as with my, my walk with the Lord, with my walk in my job, with my walk with my kids and in my marriage, that I don't want to train to just somehow survive. I want to train to be victorious, to finish strong. I want to finish strong. I want you, Church on the Hill, to finish strong. We are not going to try to somehow squeak through heaven's gates and get in. I want All right, if I got to shout it, I will. We don't, we, don't, we don't need the technology. It's okay. Um, we think we do, but we don't. But thank you for asking. Um, I'll tell you, I got up sore. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be sore. I was in the middle of the run thinking, man, I'm dying. You know, your mind just races. You've got challenges that you're walking through in your life and you want to quit. You want to stop. You want to say it's not worth it, but it's worth it. As uh, Bill Olinghouse this morning shared about the offering, I want you to know that you can win with your money. And it feels like there's a hook in it that the church is trying to get your money. Not at all. It feels like God's trying to get your money. Not at all. He doesn't need it. He just needs you. He needs your faith. He moves by faith. And when you move by faith, he moves so much greater than you could ever do on your own. When I started 12 weeks ago, I would have never thought I could have done it. But as I took one step and one step and one step, I started to see that 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 finish line getting closer and closer and closer until I really believed, I can do this. I can do this. I want you to know, church on the hill, with Christ, you can do it. Our mistakes, 
Our mistakes have been in the mix from day one. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden was set up in a perfect, perfect environment. It was perfect. They didn't have to work. They didn't have to do nothing. How do you like my English now? They didn't have to do anything. It was perfect. And they made a mistake. Just go get it plugged in. technology um, Adam and Eve and even in the perfect environment fell you may think that if you had the perfect environment you would be okay you wouldn't you wouldn't you would mess up and you know what there's a lot of uh, freedom knowing that that in God's kingdom, God knows I am going to fall short and that he has made a provision for me to overcome. You know, if we never fell, we wouldn't need someone to pick us up. If Adam and Eve hadn't have fallen, I can just tell you by the time I came around, I would have screwed it up. Uh, Adam and Eve didn't have to, I would have. Um, but if we never made a mistake, we would never know God as our restorer. We would never know God as our redeemer. We wouldn't have a need. God fills our emptiness, our shortfalls. He fills our inadequacies. When I get sick, I need a doctor. Do you know that scripture says that I am the Lord, your doctor? Uh, we've had, I just had another person come up and tell me about them getting healed in their knee, healed in their hip. God moved last Sunday. He is still moving. God is still the doctor. God is still the healer. And I know from some of you this week that you've had some major challenges and some terrible reports. I want you to know God did not fall off the throne. God is still a healer. If I have questions, he has answers. When I'm weak, he makes me strong. He meets my needs because I have a need and because he is a need meter. Without needs, I don't need God. My mistakes lead me to God. My mistakes show me that I am weak and that I need help. My mistakes create a need. And God meets the need. Our mistakes shows us God, his character, his love. It shows us him. Unfortunately, we try to do this thing on our own. We fall down, we try to fix it. We mess up in our marriage. We mess up at our work. We mess up with, at our church. We mess up with our kids. And we try to fix it on our, all by ourselves. Adam and Eve thought they could hide their mistake. They are in the perfect environment. They are literally getting to walk with God. And they make a mistake and they go try to hide. Let me just tell you, you can't hide from God. God's everywhere, so don't try to hide. 
But then they realized they were naked because they made a mistake. And what they do? They tried to cover themselves. They tried to fix it on their own. When all the time they had the Lord with them. We try to come cover our mistakes, but so many times we've even become numb to our mistakes. Kids, kids today don't realize that some mistakes that they're making are mistakes. I will tell you, the family is failing. We get numb to our mistakes, we're ignorant, we're stubborn, and we think we know everything. So God had to help us. And do you know in the Old Testament how God helped us? He gave us the law. He gave us a set of rules. Are we up and going yet? He gave us a set of rules. You guys have got your Bibles out. Turn with me to Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Um, as we're talking about the law, you know, Moses came down off the mountain with two tablets with God's handwriting literally on those tablets of what of the instructions that God is giving us to be successful, what, that God was giving them to be successful in the Old Testament. He had a plan. Even in the Old Testament, he had a plan, but it was a set of rules. This right here is my training program for my run. I'm, I'm not going to get on your nerves too bad, hopefully, today about my running. But I want you to know that even though it's written on here, it does not do anything for me. It is words on paper. You can go get your Bible, and you can walk around with it and even drive with it. You can even put it in your pocket. And you can go up against enemies and hold it out in front of them. But it is words on paper. This workout plan is just words on paper. The problem with the law that God gave us is there was no power to overcome sin in it. It just said what to do. But there was no power to overcome what you were facing. Romans chapter 3 verse 19. It says, obviously the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses. And to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The purpose of the law was to show us our sin. We, the, the people back in this day did not even know it was wrong until the law was provided. When the law was given, then everyone could see, I have a problem. But unfortunately, that was not enough. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19 says, why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show the people their sins. The law was a tutor, was a, was a document, was words on paper to show us ultimately that we needed a Savior. As we tried, as, as the, those in the Old Testament tried to start following the law, it became very obvious quickly that they could not do it. They couldn't do it. 
you know, we, we may want to somehow try to inject this or eat this, and maybe then it would help us, you know, wad this up and try to eat it, and then maybe there was power somehow in this in order to save me, but there's not. And, and not to save me, but to help me not mess up. But there is no power in that. The law only showed us our mistakes, our sin, but it did not provide the power to overcome that sin. As I lead into our one point today, this isn't it, but this is to lead us into it. The law wasn't enough. The law wasn't enough. And let me rephrase that in this way. Knowledge isn't enough. We all know that eating certain things are bad for you. But if you keep eating them, because you know it's bad for you, doesn't somehow trump what you're eating. Y'all know that term Trump? Anybody play cards? Trump means it kind of overtakes. It wins out no matter what the other card that's playing. But because I know, because I know that eating fat foods will make me fat doesn't mean that because I know it, I can go ahead and eat those fat foods and I won't get fat. Boy, it wouldn't it. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 says, But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture says, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. Can you all turn with me to that one? Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. I'm going to give you just a second. You know, as I upgraded this weekend, I knew better. I knew better. But I couldn't stand it. I couldn't wait. I didn't have patience. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. Hey, way to go. Is that using ProPresenter? Okay, keep trying. I really kind of need this other one to work if it will. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God, listen to me, those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture says, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all, everybody say all, all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So what does that mean? Have you ever made a mistake? Let me ask you this. Have you ever sinned? Before you say no, I will say, Scripture says, all have sinned and fall short. We all have made a mistake either in our thoughts and our actions in many, many different ways. All have sinned. So, if you cannot fulfill and obey all of God's commands, you're disqualified. You say, oh, Pastor, I did, I sinned. You're disqualified. And you can't go back. You can't go back and try to make that right. You're disqualified. Done. Are you with me? 
you're finished. Well, you are qualified. You're qualified for his curse. You just got qualified for the curse that Christ paid for. You just undid that. Because you're trying to live your life based on what you are capable of. And you are not capable of fulfilling the law. We have to obey all the commands. James chapter 2 verse 10 says, For the person who keeps all of the laws except one, for a person that keeps all of the laws except one is guilty of all of them. This isn't a jump up and down shout hallelujah moment yet, is it? I'm looking at y'all like, uh. if we could have kept the law, and it says that if we could, that it brings life, but we can't. But if we could, I'm going to show you from scripture, Christ wouldn't have had to die. Why would he have had to die if we could have done it? He wouldn't have. So I want you to know, number one, the law was not enough. It was never intended to be. Number two, our efforts are not enough. You cannot give enough effort. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21 says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could have made us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Your sin disqualified you. And you cannot make it right by yourself. You cannot do enough to make it right. No mistakes, no cross. Jesus had to go to the cross because of our shortfalls. Because of our great need. Because he had to. It was our only hope. The law is not enough. Our efforts are not enough. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 says, So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. No one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. The new way is through faith. And we're going to see as I close, faith in Christ. What is faith? Faith is belief. Faith is believing before you can even see it. Uh, again, as Bill gave the, gave the uh, scripture for offering, you know, so many times there's so much month left at the end of our money that we can't see how we're going to be able to make it. But faith is, God, I'm going to give this in the front end, expecting you to meet my need in the back end. Your word says that you will, but faith is giving it before I can see it. Faith's not waiting until I have something left over and then offering that. Faith is giving it at the front end and taking care of what God's called you to do first and then let God be on the hook for the rest. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Not go try to make it all on your own and if you've got something left over, then give that to God. 
you won't have anything left over. In fact, you'll come up short. You won't have enough. The new way is through faith. Belief in Christ, belief in his word, belief in his body, belief in his spirit. You know what real belief is? Belief is a lifestyle. Belief is a lifestyle. When you truly believe something, then you live that out. It becomes part of your life. Let's just take, for instance, and y'all have seen this analogy before, gravity. Do you believe in gravity? Do you or don't you? You do. Almost every move that you make throughout your day has, has factored into that your belief in gravity. You don't think that you're going to take one step and float off into the clouds. Right? I, I believe that when I make this step downstairs, my body is going to kind of be forced down. I don't, I don't have to think about it. I will just naturally move down. If I go and throw this book, what's it going to do? It's not going to fall. It's, gonna, it's not going to fly. It's going to fall. I'm going to help in your belief that it's going to fall. But I don't have to throw it for you to believe it's going to fall, do you? You believe it. The word of God, we have got to believe that when I throw this, that when I sow my funds into the kingdom of God, that he is going to return it according to what he said. It is as believable as the law of gravity. In fact, I believe we'll see when we get to heaven, it's more, it's, it's more solid than even the law of gravity. Everything's going to be shaken, but not the kingdom of God. So when I throw this, Pete, it's going to fall. It did not glide. It fell. Mama's taken up for their boys. That is, well, that's a law. Mamas, do you defend your kids? Yeah. Mama bear. Mama bear. Verse 13, the next verse. Oh, oh, wait a minute, did I finish that? Yeah. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took himself up. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Man, did you hear me? But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. So what has he just rescued us from? If we really broke this down, what did he rescue us from? Our inability to fulfill the law. Which means our weakness. Our failure to fulfill the law. What I could not do, Christ has saved me from. Now do you catch that? Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. He paid my price for what I have done. What have you done? If you will accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you follow him, your life changed for him, he paid the price for whatever you've walked in here with. That price was paid. And you know what? Unfortunately, you're probably going to slip and fall again. Paid. As long as you continue to walk with him. 
as long as you continue to repent and get right according to his word, according to his kingdom, he will save you again from what you deserve for what you did. Man. Jesus rescued us from what we couldn't do. You can't get free of your guilt, your sin, without Jesus. You can't. Why? Without Jesus, you can't get rid of your sin. Hence, you can't get rid of the guilt of the sin. You're walking around still guilty over your sin. You know what? You have not completely received Christ in that sin yet to be able to say, God, I give that to you. I genuinely give it to you. You have forgiven me. Now I need to forgive me. Maybe others haven't forgiven me about that yet, but I can't control that. I can control me. And it's time to forgive yourself. You can't do it. Can I just tell you, you can't be perfect. You can't. Jesus rescued us from not being perfect. The law required perfection. One slip and you were done for. Jesus fulfilled that perfection in his life and he gave it to you. He didn't give you perfection. He gave you the reward of perfection. The law is not enough. Our efforts are not enough. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. It says, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. So many times we try to just live a good life and think we're going to sneak in Unplug it and plug it back in one more time. I think, I think they finally got it. We try to sneak in the doors of heaven by a good life. I live a good life. Your works cannot justify. It cannot justify. Your works cannot, no flesh will be justified by your works. Great job. Great job back there. Good job. Good job. All right, let's see if we can wrap this up. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Will you guys turn with your Bibles? I'm going to read just a, a portion of this as we close. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. And I believe everyone will relate to this scripture. Everyone. Now that you may say, Pastor, everyone, yes. Everyone. All right, y'all ready? So the trouble, um, whoever's back there, Zach, you're going to have to forward it for me because I don't have any control over it. 
So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. Now you may say, wait, wait a minute, the law is all jacked up. We didn't have any power. What's it supposed to be? It's not good. No, it's good. It's perfect. It showed us the Father's heart of how we're supposed to walk out our walk with him. But there was no power in it. The law is good. It's spiritual and it's good. The trouble is me. Everybody say that. The trouble is me. I agree. The trouble is me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong, it's sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. But I want to do what is right, but I can't. I'm not strong enough. That's a very hard thing for me to say. I'm not strong enough. Can you say that to yourself? I'm not going to make you say that. I'm not strong enough. What sin are you still battling with? Have you battled with for your whole life? Can you say, I'm not strong enough? You're right. You're not. It's no wonder you can't get over it. You were never called to get over it by yourself on your own efforts. You can't do it. Verse 19, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, it almost sounds like a uh, green eggs and ham. Dr. Seuss. But if I don't want to, but if I do what I don't want to do, I'm really the one, am I not really the one doing wrong? It is sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Can anybody relate? This is the Apostle Paul. So if you feel like you're falling short, join the crowd. You are. You are falling short. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The power that makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ. Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is? In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sin nature, I am a slave to sin. The law showed us our sin. The law also showed, did not give us the power of sin. And without help, we would never fulfill righteousness. But God, in our failures, in our shortfalls, revealed himself as the great giver, as the redeemer, full of mercy and grace and love. And he gave us his precious son, Jesus, to die in our place. He gave us his inheritance. He gave us his spirit, his power over sin to overcome. If we could have done it ourselves, Christ would not have had to pay that price. But he did. He did pay that price. The law is not enough. Our efforts are not enough. 
Christ is enough. Christ is enough. I was never expected to overcome based on me. My ability, my strength, it is based on me in Christ. It is based on me with Christ. So how do we apply today? How do I apply, how do I do this with Christ? I'm going to give you a couple options, a couple things to do. Getting to know him, following his word, connecting to the body of Christ, receiving wisdom, receiving support, help from other people who are following Christ, and help by his spirit, being filled with his spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, to lead you, to renew your mind. And you know what the Holy Spirit does in our life? It reveals the Father's thoughts to us. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When I have a thought, but when I ask for the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom and strength, you know what wisdom He gives me? He gives me the Father's thoughts. He gives me that. All it says to do in James is just to ask for wisdom and He'll give it. And when I get that, when I get help from my fellow brother, when I get that from His Word, when I get that from His Spirit... When I get that from his, from his Holy Spirit directly from the throne of God, wow. Wow, what help. You know what? I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to encourage you. That nine mile when uh, uh, Miss Smith saw me on the nine mile, at that moment uh, Poplar Grove had a little uh, tent over on the side over by that market by Walmart, I forget the name of that mar- market, Looks, uh, they always have chocolate gravy. Stop and go. Everybody knows that. All I got to do is say is chocolate gravy and stop and go. Yeah. But they had these uh, signs up of scripture. As I was running, one of them had this uplifting scripture. I can run the race. Next one is I can do all things. And next thing you know, my spirit got renewed. By those little signs out there, I got, I got my thoughts out. And I got his thoughts back in, and I'm like, I can do it. I have trained for this. I have prayed for this. I have warred for this. I can do it. Mind, those thoughts, you can go to hell. I'm replacing those thoughts with your thoughts, God, and I'm going to make it. What are you struggling with in your marriage? You can make it. You can't make it on your own. You and your wife can't can't gut this out, you'll wind up gutting each other. With Christ, you can have an awesome marriage. I want to give you, I want to give you some steps. Go ahead and go to the next thing real quick. It, it, it's an acronym. Forgive, no, don't forgive me. It's cool. I will tell you, the Lord gave me this this morning. This morning as I was praying for you and praying for us, it's an acronym of PRAY. I want to just send you home with this. How do we do this? If I'm not enough, if the law is not enough, then how do I do it? This is kind of, this is kind of the way that I have done it. This is not, doesn't have to be your way. Number one, P, PRAY. I'm going to use my analogy of running this marathon. I had ne- half marathon. I've never ran in my life. I never thought I could. But I want you to know when I started running, I started praying because I knew I couldn't do it. 
my mind told me I couldn't do it. So I had to overcome those thoughts and start somewhere. So I started by praying, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek last the kingdom of God. Seek first. Everybody say, seek first. Pray. What are you struggling with? Number two, my wife is going to love this one. Research. What does that mean? Go gather information. Go get in the word of God and find out what God says about this over my health, over what, when it came to running, I am healthy. I was made by, I was made in the image of God. God's my healer. Whatever issues I've got, God, you got to deal with those. I'm giving those to you right now and we're going to overcome. But I start researching. What else did I do? I went and printed off a, a, a plan. Now, can I tell you, this was some random, not on some authorized website. It's just some random thing. And I looked at that and I thought, you know what, I could have printed out anything and followed some stupid plan and not trained well. So I took this plan and I did the next thing. I started asking, how does this look? Runners, what do you do to, to train? I've grabbed this, does this work? And they all looked at it and said, yeah, that works, that'll do it for you. But I asked, ask and you shall receive. Ask the Father that he will answer those who ask. So I started asking the Lord. I started asking people with wisdom. I started asking people in the church. I started asking people that I could see could run. If you're battling in your marriage, ask for help. But ask for help to people that's got a good marriage, not people with a bad marriage, not people that's been divorced five times. And I'm not trying to be critical of anyone. Get good help. Don't get bad help. This could have been the stupidest thing ever. It's just the one I liked. And you know what? It didn't fit my schedule. It tells me to be off on Mondays and Fridays. Well, I didn't want to do that. I changed it to what I could do to where I was off on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Not everybody's plan will work for you. Find your plan. God will give you wisdom. God will put people around you. It's what the body of Christ is here, just to look over to the other guy and say, Hey, you've been through this in your marriage. How did you get through it? How do we overcome? And now you've got data. Now you've got to ask, finally, why? I really had to struggle with this one this morning because I wanted why to work, but this works, and it's yield. Now, this works on so many different levels for me. Yield. Think about your car. When you yield, go down here to get off 10th Street, and you're going to yield. What really are you doing? Number one, you're, you're slowing down, you're stopping, and you're looking to make a decision. Is there another car coming? Can I blast out in front of him and not make him, make him mad and get in a fight? Don't want to have a fight out here. Can I pull out safely, or do I need to wait? So, in yielding, we make a good decision based on the information, based on the prayer, based on the help we've received, Based on your experience and training, you know, another word for yield is surrender and submit. But a key to yielding is you move. Yield means you, you don't just stop and just sit there. You go. Pray, research, ask, yield. I want, I'm just going to share with you just as, as we close. I've gone long. I'm trying so hard to shorten my messages, and I'm not doing very well. Um, Elizabeth and I in 2012 really struggled in so many different ways, but we struggled in our marriage. We never were completely falling apart in our marriage, but we were having a hard time communicating. 
just having a hard time. We were battling depression. We were battling attacks from Satan. It was just hard. And I want you to know in the midst of that, we got help from other couples. We, got, we even went to a marriage counselor because we needed help. It's not wrong to get help. It's wrong not to get help in your marriage with your children. Can you imagine? I mean, I took 12 weeks to prepare. I studied, I prayed, and I, I ran five days a week. Can you imagine if you gave this kind of time to your marriage? If you gave this kind of time to your kids, to your family? If you gave this kind of time to your job? If you gave this kind of time to God? Your life will never be the same. Never. I want you to know you can't do this on your own. Christ is enough. Christ is enough. Can we roll that back in again? Do I have any ushers that can? We're going to go ahead and let y'all mark off these mistakes again. Y'all stand up with me. I just want to open up the altar right now. Those that are praying with us to come down. I thank you for bearing with us and our technology issues. Let me tell you, God is on the move in this place. But I want you to know, quit trying to do it on your own and genuinely give your heart to the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Give your kids, your marriage, your job, your finances. Give it to God. If you've made a mistake and you want to come up here and just scribble it off, we've been learning that once you have applied the blood of Jesus, once you have repented and asked the Lord to forgive you and make a decision to turn, that He, is, he will forget it. Never to remember. Some of these are still from last week. Forgive us. We'll, we'll get these. Uh, yeah, that's fine. It's okay, just like it is. It's all right. But some of you still have a prayer need. Some of you have a health need. Some of you have all kinds of needs. Come up here and let us pray with you. If you've not forgiven yourself, if you feel like you need to get right with God, just come up here and, and get right with the Lord and mark one off. Let's get clean. Let's get free. Yeah. That's all right. Let her rip. No, wait. No, no, no. Hang on. <laughs> That's all right. Bless you. I like that. You know what he said? I couldn't wait. Why wait? Why wait? All right, let's sing. You guys, the altar's open.